Thank you, David. Thank you very much. Shabbat Shalom. Good morning. Okay, a little tryptophan coma still going on here, right? The turkey chemical that's in turkey that makes you sleep. Uh, some folks still have a little bit left in their system, maybe. Yeah? No? Um, I don't know who came up with the uh, Giving Tuesday thing, but I think they ought to do that before Black Friday spending. Because, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, people might be a little less generous after they've gone out and spent all that money. I mean, just thinking, logically. Um, thank you for the opportunity. I really, really enjoy um, sharing from God's Word, particularly more so um, not as much as a teacher per se, but more so as a student who's excited about what the Lord has been revealing to me through His Word. So I really appreciate every opportunity that I have to um, share what the Lord's made me excited about. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit from Ephesians, and the goal of today's message, our time together, is that we have a more intimate understanding of just how much of a gift we are to one another, and just what a blessing we are, what we're supposed to be, what the responsibility is when it comes to being one another's best friend, family member, spiritual brother or sister. Uh, what is our responsibility? How do we make that work? And how simple is it really? Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, hearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Oh God, Father God, please let this day be yours, wholly yours. Help us to surrender and submit ourselves to you. And may you speak today into our hearts and bring conviction, repentance, health, life. May we be different, having spent time with you in fellowship with one another today. And may we be impactful in the world that we have an opportunity to influence. B'Shem Yeshua, amen. So everybody had a good Thanksgiving, I trust, yes? Okay, good, some claps. I, uh, I did as well. Um, we had a lot of folks come and stay at our house, and it was a really good time uh, having family members over. Um, also a little stressful um, as well. But I can remember some great things about Thanksgiving growing up. My mom's turkey was always dry, but she made it with love, right? So, you know, you just put some gravy on it or whatever, and you were good. And, you know, I had, um, you know, the, the fun of watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, right? And, you know, Thanksgiving is just a wonderful time to be together with family and friends. There's a unique... Um, there's just a unique aspect that comes with holidays, celebrations, such as Thanksgiving, you know. It's just special. There are times that we look forward to. Um, we have tradition, right? We have, everybody has like their own unique traditions. Some people eat um, 
dinner at a specific time. Others eat dinner at a specific time. And there are other traditions associated with Thanksgiving. Some traditions are passed on, right? Like who gets to carve the turkey this year, you know? Um, it's, just, it's just kind of interesting to watch those tra- uh, traditions evolve and how they're different in each and every family or community. Thanksgiving is also a time to be uh, reflective, right? To think back. To think back not just on the past year, but on the past years. To be thankful for everything that God's done for us. You know, God for me was there when I was weak. He was strong. When I was sad, he was my comfort. When I didn't have, he was the giver. I mean, he's always been there. And it's, it's kind of a little easier maybe to be thankful at Thanksgiving. Maybe there are some challenges. I get that. Maybe there are some folks that weren't with us this year, that were with us last year. Maybe we've lost family members. Maybe there are some things that are different, and we just have to still be thankful anyway. We still have to be thankful. And then there's um, Black Friday, which has been a kind of a game changer, right? How many, um, it's okay, I won't even ask for the show of hands, um, because if you got up at four o'clock in the morning. You know what that means? It means you didn't go uh, after Thanksgiving lunch to the stores at six (laughs) because they start opening the stores now on Thanksgiving day. You know, it's so much more about the stuff than the stuffing anymore, right? I'm thinking to myself, good grief. I've already got a house full of stuff. I don't need any more stuff. The last thing I want to do is go spend my money, you know, on stuff that I, you know, already have or don't need. But here we are in the land of plenty. We've got so much stuff, right? Black Friday, it's a, maybe it's a bit of a distraction. But I don't want to downplay the fact that, you know what, it's, there's some good aspects of it too. My dad taught me to find the good and the bad in everything. You've got to look at life through various lenses. So I know that, you know, one of the things that um, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law enjoy is, you know, going shopping and, they have little children, so they can get some really good deals on clothes and stuff. And, you know, it's practical. There is a practical aspect. But, you know, holidays like Thanksgiving, although fun and traditional, abstract, they're not always easy. How many of you guys have ever spent a holiday occasion or an event with, like, a big personality? You know what I mean? Like, a big personality. Yeah. You've got the uncle who's loud. You know, you've got, we, we know, I mean, the people can make it a challenge, right? Even if the turkey's not dry, you know, you had to sit beside of the, you know. For me, it was, uh, my uncle Dave used to get close and breathe on me. I hated it. Like, it's like, you're just, it's too much. Big personalities, opinions, habits, predictable habits. You know, I used to ask my mom, is Uncle Dave coming again this year? Yeah, great. Start planning now. Build that mental model. So we know what that's like, and my challenge to us today is, is it really that different here in our TikBot community with our TikBot family? You know, we, we love each other. We do life together. You know, particularly we come together on Shabbat, but what's interesting to me is, We still have those same challenges, and we need to understand how they play into our dynamic and how we can use them as positives and know where one another's coming from. 
so that we can shore up one another and be there for one another. One of the scriptures that I like um, to use as an encouragement for me on Thanksgiving is Amos 3.3. Basically, is, it says, the version I like is from the New King James. It says, can two walk together unless they're in agreement? Um, so, you know, I think about that and meditate on that scripture before Thanksgiving holiday, right? I think, you know, Uncle Dave's breathing on my neck and getting too close isn't going to bother me this year. Because I love Uncle Dave. You know, you think ahead, you prepare yourself. You think differently. <clears throat> my mom revealed to me the reason he got so close into my face was because she said, you're one of his favorite nephews. I was like, man, doggone it. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Why do you think folks come to TikVot? Why do people come here to Tikvat Israel. A lot of times I hear people say, well, I felt the Lord calling me. I felt the Lord, you know, just kind of putting this place on my heart, and it just kept coming up in conversation, or I went to the website, and there was just this provoking stirring of God. Some people come because they're curious, right? They drive down uh, Grove or Boulevard, and they look at the building, and they just wonder what goes on there, Messianic Synagogue. What's up with that? Some people are drawn to the Messianic community that we are. They've been, they've been praying for that. They've been looking for that. They've been wanting that. So, yeah, there's a lot of reasons people come to Tikvot. But you know what's more important than why they come to Tikvot? It's why they stay. What makes them stay here? Well, we have to be spiritually responsible, obviously. We have to follow God's word. We have to... Do what God's word says. We have to do it the right way. We have to be responsible, obviously, because if there's not decency and order, then people, people, there's no, there's no long-term sustaining value in being disobedient to God's word, right? So we have to be spiritually responsible. But you know what? People stay because of the people here. I think, by and large, when I talk to folks, many of you, and you know who you are. We've had these conversations. I love my family at TikVot. I love my brothers and sisters. I love the people. I feel at home there. This is my family. This is where I'm encouraged. You know, and what we can't deny is the reality that there's a dynamic associated with being family that means sometimes we can get on one another's nerves. It happens. It's real. Okay? <laughs> think about it. I just want you to think for a second. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to think about the one thing that when you were growing up that your brother, your sister, your family member did that they knew. They knew it, right? They know this gets on your nerves. And they do it to get on your nerves. Think about it for a second. What is it? it, it I just, as, if it comes to your mind, do not shout it out. Just raise your hand so I know a few people are tracking with me mentally. Okay, I've got, there we go, yeah. Nice. Well, I think I'd like to focus on a verse of scripture today that comes from Ephesians. And um, it's commonly thought of as the fivefold ministry. Um, but I want to approach it from a different aspect today. Furthermore, he gave some people. As emissaries, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of the good news 
And some as shepherds and some as teachers. Their task is to equip God's people for the work of service that builds the body of Messiah until we are, excuse me, until we all arrive at the unity implied by trusting and knowing the Son of God. At full manhood, at the standard of maturity, set by the Messiah's perfection. Think about that. We've been given this, this gift of each other. For he himself gave some to be. For what? For the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. You know we have a purpose here? Each and every person has a purpose here. So the saints are the body, it's the individuals, it's you and me. And so there needs to be an equipping. And the responsibility of that equipping just doesn't fall on the guy who brings the message on Shabbat morning. It doesn't fall on the shoulders of the elders or just the shamash. It falls on each one of us to be iron on iron, to be there for one another, to equip one another, to affirm one another, to lift one another up. And not just from an opinion perspective, but we should know the word of God in the scriptures because they're, they're holy, they're good, they're comforting. They bring exhortation as well. But power and conviction comes through the teaching of scripture. And so for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification, lifting up of the body. And we all need lifting up from time to time, don't we? We all need that text, that email, that phone call. We need to be more sensitive to tap the brakes of life, quit worrying about our stuff, and think about others. Because we are that gift to one another. The other thing is speaking the truth in love so we might grow up, we might mature, we might advance. You know, I always wanted to be grown up until I started getting old. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is a little conflicting. I do want to be grown up. I mean, I do want to be mature and I do want to have responsibility. But this getting old thing is not really something I'm buying into. So, I mean, but then again, the scripture tells us where life comes from. The scripture tells us that this is temporary, this body is temporary. We all are under the law, not just a scientific law, but understand that all scientific laws are governed by spiritual laws and biblical principles. So the second law of thermodynamics, that everything's dying, that's a spiritual law. That comes from the fact that sin brings death. It is what it is. The last time I put, um, you know, milk in my refrigerator, it turned nasty. It didn't turn into cheese. Things don't get newer. Things get older. But we can be more mature. We can be more equipped. We can be more able. We can be strength and comfort to our brothers and sisters. You know, something else I find interesting about Scripture, how many of you guys have ever seen the movie Shrek? Anybody seen Shrek? Okay, so Hollywood thinks it's introducing these really interesting new things, right? People watch Shrek, and, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know where they got the talking donkey from, right? They didn't invent that. No, that's in, that's in the Bible, you know? And for some of us who remember way back, there was a TV show called Bewitched. Anybody remember there was a show called Bewitched, right? Yeah, so Darren Stevens, I think, is the husband, and his mother-in-law was a witch, and her name was Indora. 
You know where Saul went when the Lord wouldn't answer his prayer? He went to the witch of Endor. They don't, they don't, this isn't new. <laughs> they get this stuff from, from the original, right? God is our creator. He's the original. He's the originator. We have to borrow everything from him. Whether we give him credit or not, the fact is he's God. He's God alone. He stands by himself, and nobody will ever take his place. Even though they think they will, think they can, and pretend to be bigger, better, it doesn't matter. Because the scripture tells us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It's a, it's a fact. You can take that to the bank. So how many of you guys have ever taken a disc survey, a personality profile, Myers-Briggs? Type A personalities, anybody? Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Like we're all made up of these different personalities. Well, I like to think of this scripture as the original version of that. See, this five-fold ministry is kind of God's personality profile. And I want you to track with me for the next couple of minutes because I want you to try to figure out maybe where are you, who are you? Because when you think about some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, automatically we think, which one am I? Well, I'm not a pastor because I don't really do this. I'm not an apostle. I'm not really sure. I'm not even going there. Um, gee, I don't really fit into one of those. And we tend to think of them as, you know, administrative niches or offices or titles. And, you know, you think, well, I don't want to wear that title. The last thing I want somebody to do is call me Prophet Jerry, right? But so then how does that apply? It's in the New Covenant. How does that apply? And, you know, I, the more I started looking at it, the more I thought, you know what? I know a guy that, I know a guy that if, 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 if anybody were to have this, the personality of an evangelist, it's this guy. Because he never knew a stranger. He was like the epitome of what you personify, stereotypical, like car salesman, right? Everybody was like his friend. He remembered everybody's name. He didn't, he never met a stranger. I mean, you can walk through the door. He's like, hey, how you doing? My name's Bob. What's your name? My name's Jerry. Hey, Jerry, you like the Redskins? Did you see the game? Wasn't it awesome? They should have won. You know they should have won. By the way, do you like football? What kind of TV do you have? And the guy's just, he's just unpacking your life. You're like, um... I'm just coming for the service. You don't know me yet. Checking you out, okay? You know the type, right? And evangelists tend to be that way in a personality, right? It's kind of what they need to be. They got to be somewhat outgoing, right? They got to, there's something to be said for, you know, I'm giving you this as an example. We're going to track through all five. But like, you know, if I, I'm like, I'm going to go out and do some outreach, right? <clears throat> But I'm extremely introverted, and I like strategy. Hey, um, nice shoes. I mean, it just doesn't work that way, you know. You, when you start to introduce yourself to people, there's an appealing type of a personality, somebody who has a gifting along those lines. So when we look at apostle, let's track these real quick. So apostle, you know, we can look at, at Paul, right? He's the best example, I guess, I think, personally, that I think we have, just because there's a lot to read about him. And he was a big-picture guy. He was a, he was a strategist, but he also had some humility about him. He got knocked off his high horse, literally, and he had some um, history with building teams and building people. He was a business guy. I mean, he could get down, you know, on, in, in the midst of things, or he could do it from 30,000 square feet. I mean, he was well-rounded. He was well-versed. 
He was relatable, but he was also kind of a yes-no guy, too. I mean, he did have parameters. I mean, he wasn't wishy-washy. He was just kind of like, you know, I think of him kind of like a CEO type. You know, that's kind of, you know, he, and he was good. He was good. You know, he was that kind of a guy. He was relatable on all levels. But at the end of the day, he was like, you know what, I can't take my eyes off this big picture, and there are non-negotiables that I'm not going to allow to take place. But then you got the prophet. Now, the prophet, you know, apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists. Prophets, like, thus saith the Lord. That's it. Thus saith the Lord. It's white and black. What do you think about the Redskins? It's football. Let's talk about the Bible. Thus saith the Lord. You know, the prophet is, like, totally white and black. There's none. Have you ever met a stubborn person? That's like the prophetic, like, you're trying to convince, you try to convince somebody with a prophetic personality, that personality, not prophet, okay, in, in, in title, not prophet in function, but I'm talking about a personality profile. I'm talking about the person that's like, nope, come on, try it, nope. You might like it, nope. Why not? Might have allergies. Come on. Nope. Won't you just at least smell it? Nope. What will get you to try this cranberry sauce that I made? I'm going to go to the doctor and make sure I don't have an allergy. Really? Just, just, uh. No. Forget it. Okay, fine. You know, the apostle's kind of like, I like this guy. I can put him on my team. And the evangelist comes along and says, hey, guys, what you talking about? What's going on, man? Hey, you, you don't like cranberry sauce? I got some cranberry sauce you like. And he's just trying to talk these guys up. And they're kind of like, okay, wait a minute. This guy's running his mouth like a million miles, miles an hour. We're trying to plan something here. And then the guy comes in who's the uh, uh, teacher. And he's like, listen, y'all don't understand. You need to approach it this way. There's a linear way to approach this thing. How many of you guys know teachers love to teach? They just love to impart knowledge. They love to impart knowledge. That's what they do. And it's factual knowledge, you know. So when you're in a conversation, and we've been there, down in the Oneg room, right, we've been there. We're talking about something, and somebody says, actually, I read the article, and I listened to the podcast, and bam, 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 statistician. They just put it out there. But they're not really super opinionated about it. They don't really want to build a plan around it. They just want you to have the information. They're just sharing information, you know. And then you've got the pastor who... You know, he comes up to the apostle and the prophet, and he's like, hey, listen, guys, I think you're being too hard on this dude. What do you mean I'm too hard on him? Thus saith the Lord. He better shape up or ship out. And the apostle's like, yeah, and he better get with the plan because this is kind of how it is. And we might need to coach and mentor him a little bit. And the pastor's like, let me just take him over here by myself and spend time with him because he needs coddled. He needs helped. He just needs, he just needs some warm, fuzzy loving. You know, and, and so, you know, you've got these personality types. How many of you know mothering people, right? And how many of you know that women don't always have to have the exclusive rights to mothering personalities? It's true. Does anybody know who's the mothering person in your life? Think about it. That's a pastoral personality. Who's the person who knows everybody and doesn't know a stranger? That's an evangelist-type personality. Who's the guy who likes to plan and strategize everything and wants to, you know, figure it all out before you start, you know? He, he, it's like, you know, the evangelist is like, let's just, let's just start something and we'll see if it works or not. But the apostle is kind of like, no, 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 we got to run the numbers and figure it all out. These are personality types. Does this make sense? These are personality types. Think about it. And what's beautiful about the way God puts it together 
is the form and the function marry? Because the spiritual DNA aligns with the call to ministry. Okay? The spiritual DNA aligns with the call to ministry. So if you're in business, they want you to take a disc profile or do Myers-Briggs, and they want to figure out what you, what you are and how you fit into the team, right? We need to look at this scripture and figure out, gee, does, um, <clears throat> no names, no names, does so-and-so get on my nerves because they talk so much? They're probably evangelistic. That's their spiritual DNA. We have got to learn where people are coming from so we can help them get to where they're going. We've got to know where they're coming from so we can help them get to where they're going. Because that is our responsibility. We can't do it based upon what we see through our lenses. Because nobody can be Jerry Baker but Jerry Baker. You can't do what God called me to do. He called me to do it and it's mine to do. And it's between him and me. But nobody can do what Lewis is called to do. Or nobody can do what Lloyd's called to do. He has called us individually to serve him and be in his will. And we have to know where one another's coming from so we can help one another get to where they're going. So we have a personal responsibility to ministry. We have a public responsibility to ministry. We have a communal responsibility to ministry. And we get to do it as a family. We have a responsibility to help one another. So let's not forget that we are, we have, the Lord's blessed us. We have, he's really blessed us. But one of the greatest gifts he's given us is one to another. One of the greatest gifts that we have is the fact that we are the body of Messiah sitting together. We're in this room together. One of the greatest gifts is the fact that we get to do life together. That we don't have to do life alone. One of the greatest, greatest responsibilities we have is to take that seriously. So when, you know, you're serving on your own egg team and somebody gets on your nerves, because <laughs> it happens, or whatever it is, Think about where they're coming from and be glad that they're there because you probably can't do what they do. It could be the very fact that that thing that gets on your nerves is what speaks to the person that relates to them. We have to appreciate one another for who we are. We have to love one another regardless all the time. So I'll leave you with this. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Shabbat Shalom.